What's up, everybody? Welcome to the eighth episode of The Roundabout, celebrating 15 years of the Xbox 360. My name is Ryan Turford, and this is the show where we're counting down the months to the 15-year anniversary of the Xbox 360 with 50 of the best games to play on the console for both new and experienced owners. We dive into the brief history of each game and talk about what makes them awesome. As always, we'd love your feedback on this show over on Twitter at the Xbox Drive, or you can reach out to me directly anytime on Twitter at Ryan Turford, that's T-U-R-F-O-R-D, because everybody always asks. On this week's episode, we rock out with Guitar Hero 3 Legends of Rock, released on October 27th, 2007. While it seemed on paper that Guitar Hero 3 should have everything it needed to succeed, there were memory people at the time who were skeptical of its success. It was the first rhythm game being developed by Neversoft, who had made their name with the Tony Hawk series. It was also up against Rock Band, the ambitious new game from series creator Harmonix, but against all odds, Guitar Hero 3 proved not only to be a worthy entry in the series, but arguably its best game. But let's roll back the clock to the origins of the series, starting with the original Guitar Hero, which was released on November 8, 2005 on PlayStation 2. It was released during a time where the most popular rhythm game around was Dance Dance Revolution and was considered to be a niche genre. In fact, you really didn't see too many other rhythm games around besides Harmonix, uh, which made frequency and amplitude. Really, you didn't really see other rhythm games around at the time, so it was very rare to see something like this. Um, there was Konami's Guitar Freak series, which was similar to Guitar Hero, um, but for the most part, there was nothing really major out there. It wasn't really a major genre. The game itself released with a little fanfare. However, word of mouth got out that Guitar Hero was a fantastic experience and it kind of blew up overnight with the game selling out across the country. And yeah, I remember going down to my local EB games and seeing just people just rocking out with the bundles all the time. Like it was selling out all over the place, especially because it was a really big investment with the, the guitar controller and the game. It was actually pretty pricey. Thanks to its included guitar peripheral, it was one of the first games to really make you feel like you were playing the guitar, even if it's a very different experience from the real thing, and it went on to become a huge party game. It was developed by Harmonix, who were known for music puzzle games like Frequency and Amplitude, while the peripheral was being designed by Red Octane, who also published the game. While the game entirely featured covers, it had a robust list of songs that appealed to almost any music fan. After that success, the two companies came together and released Guitar Hero 2 a year later on November 7th, 2006, which would eventually get a re-release on the 360 on April 3rd, 2007. With the inclusion of non-cover tracks and an even better soundtrack, Guitar Hero 2 was another huge success, with the 360 port serving to be the definitive version and the only version to appear on 7th generation consoles. This didn't come to PS3 or the Wii or anything like that, especially with Guitar Hero 3 right around the corner. They really just put it out on 360 and, and kind of called it a day, which was awesome. I mean, this was a great way to get into the series. Um, there was an exclusive guitar based off the Gibson Explorer, as well as exclusive tracks and DLC and this served as my personal entry into the Guitar Hero series. I didn't really play the PS2 games until after, after this one, um, so it was a great way to dive into the series for sure. However, before the release of Guitar Hero 2, Red Octane was purchased by Activision as well as the Guitar Hero IP in June of 2006. Meanwhile, Harmonix was purchased by MTV Games in September of 2006, meaning that whatever came next from the series would not involve the creator Harmonix, though they did release Guitar Hero Rocks the 80s in July of 2007 as part of a previous agreement that was really the last of the Guitar Hero games between the two companies. But you might be asking, how did Neversoft, the team known for Tony Hawk, take over development of Guitar Hero? Well, 
At a Guitar Hero event in 2007, Neversoft co-founder Joe Jolett stated that he ran into Red Octane founders Kai and Charles Huang at E3 2006 and told them about how well Guitar Hero helped the team unwind while developing Tony Hawk's Project 8. This led to Jewett being contacted in September 2006, asking if they wanted to create the next entry in the series, and they were chosen due to their exemplary track record developing the Tony Hawk games, as well as their love for Guitar Hero. While many were skeptical, myself included, Neversoft clearly was a great fit for the series and went on to helm the remaining games in the franchise going forward. So what makes Guitar Hero 3 awesome and how does it play today? While other games that followed Guitar Hero 3 went the full band approach that was first seen in 2007's Rock Band, one of Guitar Hero 3's strengths was its excellent focus on guitar and bass, really the only two instruments found in this game. Since the team was only balancing for the two instruments, they were really able to fine-tune the experience, which in comparison felt leagues above the guitar and bass found in Rock Band, although this was much improved for Rock Band 2. I remember one of the biggest criticisms of uh, the original Rock Band when it came out was just the guitar and bass just felt way worse than, than something like Guitar Hero. In my opinion, Guitar Hero 3's gameplay is unmatched, even today from the guitar perspective, and has the right balance of challenge and fun and it nails it better than almost any other game in the genre. Um, and again, we're going to talk about the other rhythm game on 360 in a few months that I think comes close to this experience. But for the most part, Guitar Hero 3, if you just want to play guitar, I think this is probably one of the best experiences out there. However, with Guitar Hero 3 being a music game, the best gameplay in the world can't save it if the music isn't good. But Guitar Hero 3 nails this aspect as well. While 14 of the 70 plus included tracks are covers, in fact, almost all of them are which are the pre-1984 music choices from this game, the game's soundtrack consists of the who's who of rock sounds from the 1960s all the way to the 2000s and has a lot of variety within the genre. It features Metallica, Iron Maiden, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Smashing Pumpkins, Rage Against the Machine, and a whole lot more. The list goes on and on with awesome songs to rock out with your friends with or just by yourself. It also exposed players to new music that they might not have ever checked out otherwise, and no band exemplified this more than Dragon Force. With the inclusion of their song In the Fire and Flames, serving as the game's hardest song, as well as the final song unlocked in the campaign, it gave them an overnight fan base after being a fairly niche metal group up until this point. I remember my brother talking about Dragon Force because he was into a lot of weird metal bands at the time, and they were kind of like, they focused on like almost like fantasy metal, I guess you could say it was their genre at the time, and they totally blew up. After Guitar Hero 3 came out, people just jumped on board the Dragon Force bandwagon like there was no tomorrow. Speaking of solo play, Guitar Hero 3 also features a new campaign mode that has boss battles featuring Slash and Tom Morello that really felt like epic guitar battles. You could do these in the multiplayer with your friends, but they weren't as fun as the single player ones. While it's not trying to tell a complicated story with Guitar Hero characters, it's a fun way to go through the game's library of songs as well as allowing you to unlock new ones. Though ultimately, most of the fun you're going to get from the game is playing through the game's songs with a friend in local multiplayer, though I would argue Guitar Hero 3 has a great all-around package, even if you're going to play solo, because actually, that's how I mostly experienced the game. I mostly, if I played with friends, we'd mostly play Rock Band, just because you could play with more players. The Xbox version also contained the Halo 2 theme song as free DLC for anyone who picked up the game, and it was a ton of fun to play through it. Yeah, as soon as that came out, I was just playing it over and over again. It was so cool to be able to play the, the Halo 2 theme uh, in Guitar Hero. It was, it was an awesome experience. It's a game that every rock music fan should definitely check out. 
If you're looking to pick up Guitar Hero 3 today, you'll need to track down a physical copy plus a guitar controller to play with. In theory, you could use a 360 standard controller to play it, but come on, if you want to get the full experience, you gotta get the guitar accessory. It's definitely a must. While at the time they were fairly cheap, it can be a bit difficult to find one nowadays that works, but being able to play across multiple other games with the same accessory is a definite plus, and it's definitely worth it for music fans out there to track down a copy of this game, as well as some of the other Guitar Hero or Rock Band games. And unfortunately, it's just one of those things where, at the time, like, shortly after the release, you could find one of these just at, like, every other garage sale, someone would pull one out of the garage and try and sell them off, especially after the, the music genre kind of died down. But nowadays people have kind of stepped a lot of those up. So if you go on eBay or Amazon, it's just way, way, way expensive. So you got to kind of pick and choose where you're going to pick these up, but definitely I think it's worth it to, to pick these up game up today. Uh, it really holds up and I think it's a great game to go with. That's all for this episode of The Roundabout. You can hit me up anytime on Twitter at Ryan Turford. You can also hit up the pants man himself, Sean Capri, at Sean Capri, and us on Twitter at The Xbox Drive. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Roundabout, and we out. Bye!